You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenchurch.com. Hey, welcome. You're going to love this message. It is so wonderful to speak to you today on another great topic of leadership. Leadership. What, what does it take? What, what does God look for uh, in His warriors? And I want to come to a scripture in Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 13. Zechariah chapter 9, verses 13. And this is what it says. It says, For I have bent Judah as my bow, and I have made Ephraim its arrow. I have bent Judah as my bow, and I have made Ephraim its arrow. There's a lot of talk at the moment about, you know, uh, peace and, and, uh, and it's amazing the people who are screaming the loudest for, the, for peace are uh, the greatest purveyors of unrule and unrest. And uh, the Bible says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the governor of peace. There's no peace outside of Christ. If you think that there's peace outside of Christ, you are, you are sadly mistaken. Peace can only come through Jesus Christ. Peace is not the absence of conflict, but the presence of justice. The Bible says that that God clothes himself. God clothes himself in the garments of a warrior. And he comes down and he secures victory that he may establish peace. Uh, Exodus 15 verse 3 says, The Lord our God, the Lord is a man of war. Today I want to talk about being a warrior for God being a warrior for God, not a warrior, but a warrior for God, a warrior for God. I always find that God, God, God reveals himself because he's a trinity in three dimension. God reveals himself to, God reveals himself with. He, he said that I am with you. Wherever you go, every place the sole of your foot shall tread, I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Gideon's hiding in a wine press. And the angel comes to him and says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, the Lord is with you. He thought he had gotten away from everybody and was hiding in a wine press. He thought nobody could see, but the angel reminded him, I am with you. God reveals himself to you. God reveals himself with you. Any revelation from God will put strength in your spirit. There are people who are saying, well, you know, you don't need to gather as a church. You know, church is not only non-essential, obviously the marijuana dispensary is very essential, casinos, gambling, uh, when people are struggling to pay their bills, very essential. Um, liquor stores, you know, very essential, but the church, non-essential. And that the, the pushback that I've had from people who really could not care that say, well, you know, you, you can do church online. Why can't you just do church online? You can do church online. You don't, you don't need to meet. Why do you need to meet? You can just do church online, which is interesting because it was Jesus who said we're too or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. Where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst. There's, so absolutely, can we, can we preach a sermon online 100%? Can we record the worship and post it online and broadcast it into people's living rooms 100%? But there's something that is missing. There's a dimension of encounter. There's a dimension of experience. There's a dimension of relational equity that is robbed, that the devil knows that it it is the one ingredient that holds everything together. 
You need the brother and the sister on your right, on your left, behind you and in front of you. You were created for community. You were created for family. In fact, when you were born, you changed the status. You changed the dynamic. A couple became family because you entered in it. You were created to immediately shift everything. You were created to fit in a family because you were created for family. You were created for community. And that's how you and I are meant to grow. And that's how you and I are meant to heal. And so so when people say, well, you know, you don't need to, to gather as a church, don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. Let me just double down on, on that as well. Be very, very careful be very, very careful what you believe. In fact, let me just say this. If you choose to uh, rail against everything that you're hearing on the news, you're probably in a good spot. I've just found whatever the news is telling me, I'm just going to believe the opposite. Let me tell you, tell you why this is important. I have found that, that um, the Bible says, buy the truth and do not sell it. Buy the truth and do not sell it. To buy the truth means the truth has a price tag. It's not free. The, pr- the truth has a price. I found that the price in this hour, in this culture, in this season, in this moment in time, is that truth has the price tag of being ostracized, being name-called, being vilified, being belittled, being called racist, bigot, homophobic. The, the, the truth has a, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. You're a, the, the truth. The danger, the danger of coercion, it's much easier for me just to say, yeah, you know what? Uh, I know that we started the lockdowns to flatten the curve. And once that was achieved, well, now actually we need a vaccine. We need to, we need to keep everything locked down until there's a vaccine. How many people here have ever heard of the flu vaccine? Anybody heard of the flu vaccine? Do you know every year what people get sick of? The flu. So we have a flu vaccine, but people still get the flu. Yeah, but that's because I didn't get the vaccine. Ask anybody in the military. Anybody in the military, every year they get the flu vaccine and they're the first people to get the flu. So, uh, so you know, so let's not put all of our faith in a software designer to come up with a vaccine when the software designer has himself said that he wants to lower the world population. I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not going down that road. But even more stark than that is this, that if, if I acquiesce, if I step into, if I choose, if I just, well, you know what? I'm just going to tap out. It's just easier. It's just easier for me to just be woke like the world, for me to believe the narrative of the world. For me to believe the narrative of CNN, the narrative of what's coming out. And why don't I just believe that? The reason I can't just believe what I'm hearing is because as soon as I believe a lie, Jesus says, be careful that you are not deceived. Probably the number one thing he said over and over again was be careful that you are not deceived. Beware of false teachers. Beware of false false prophets. Be careful that you are not deceived. Why? Because as soon as I believe a lie, I now lose, I'm now blinded to discerning and distinguishing the truth. If a, the, Jesus said, if the blind lead the blind, will they not both fall into a ditch? Therefore, as the leader, I need you to understand that I am not rebellious and cantankerous 
And well, I was going to say not stubborn, but Pastor Liam will tell you that's probably not true. And it's the German genes that I'm still protecting. But uh, there's an e- element of, uh, of holy stubbornness, if that's possible. Um, but but I, I, just, I just refuse to just go along with the narrative. I just refuse to because, because you, my church, needs me to see. And so if I hear it, God bless it, and they can say whatever they like, but I've got to now run it through the filter of truth. I've got to run it through the filter. I've got to test it. I don't just hear and then immediately acquiesce. I hear and then I run it through what does the Word say? I've been saying over the last few weeks, never interpret the Word through the culture of the world. Always interpret the culture of the world through the Word of God. And if it doesn't sit, you'll always find it. anything that is true has an amen. Has a, It resonates. It has a hing. It has a resonate with the Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and with the Word of God. The Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. You'll always find that, the, that when the Word and the Spirit, amen, amen, there's a harmony, there's a synergy, there's a resonance, then you can believe it. But if, if there's not, then step back because probably what you're hearing is not true. If you believe because it's easier, if you believe, well, you don't understand everybody at work bullies me. They give me such a hard time. They give me, and I, I 100% agree, and I'm not trying to condemn anybody. It's just much easier to go along with the, with the, the, the stream, along with the flow. But the price that you pay is that you will lose discernment. You will lose your ability to distinguish. And it is so important. This generation needs us to be prophetic. The word for prophet in the scripture is also the word seer. Seer, S-E-E-R, seer. So many people say a seer, but it's actually a seer. There's somebody who can see. I was so, so blessed when Rick Young got up here and he said, God just gave me a picture. And he prophesied so clearly. And I love, I love hearing a leader who can see. Paul Anderberg gets up and he says, this is what I see. I see when Moses came, there had to be a first Israelite that went. When, when leaders see, you're in good shape. But now come with me to, um, to the Psalm, Psalm 60 verse 7. This is, this is kind of where I want to land today. And I want to talk about you clothing yourself as a warrior, clothing yourself in warrior garments. What does that look like? And this is probably one of my favorite scriptures Oh, I didn't realize I got it here. Perfect. Uh, I, uh, Psalm 60 verse 7. This is in the NLT, the, the New Living Translation. It says, Gilead is mine and Manasseh too. Ephraim, my helmet, will produce my warriors. And Judah, my scepter, will produce my kings. I've preached on this before and I just found myself coming back to this. I, I, I love leading people that, that are warriors. I love raising warriors. I love raising people that know how to put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, taking up the shield of faith, sword of the spirit. February this year, February 2020, my beautiful bride is, is preaching. She's nervous. She's at her, she's preaching at the, the largest women's conference in the world. And she says to me, I've got a message. God gave me a message and, and I know I need to speak this message. And I was maybe a little bit unhelpful because I said, oh, babe, you've got this awesome message. This is my favorite message. Preach that message. And she's like, no, I feel to preach this message. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. I really like this message over here. And she's like, no, no, God spoke to me that I'm to preach for, about Deborah. 
Deborah from the book of Judges. And she says, you know, this verse keeps jumping out at me. And it says that village life had ceased in Israel. Village life had ceased in Israel until I, Deborah, a mother, arose. Village life had ceased until I, Deborah, a mother. We had no idea that by the end of February, the whole world would literally go into lockdowns and shutdowns trying to control uh, an epidemic, a pandemic, a, a virus bioengineered in a lab to be more lethal than just an ordinary virus that would then be let out all over the world, that would literally crash economies, that would send people into tailspins, anxiety and fear would be an all-time high. The, the suicide hotline would, would have 8,000% more calls, marriages, everything under stress, and village life would literally cease. Restaurants would be closed. Businesses would be boarded up and closed. How powerful that we have a, a prophetess who in February gets a word. She doesn't know what's coming, but how many people know the Holy Ghost does? So she, she gets given a word. God will always give you a word. And sometimes you may not recognize, but it just comes out at you. It's not for now, but it's for what you're about to walk into. The word that you heard yesterday is going to govern you in your tomorrow. God will always speak a word in your yesterday that is for your tomorrow. He'll speak a word in your now for something that you're about to enter into because it'll carry you through. And so I love that Leanne got that word. Village life, until I, Deborah, a mother arose. It's interesting that, that it wasn't a father that arose. It was a mother that arose. A mother arose, not a father arose. We, we, we know that there's a fatherlessness in, in our generation. But I look at the shepherds and shepherds have, have uh, two things. David wrote in Psalm 23, they rod and they staff, they comfort me. The rod is leadership. The rod is strength, the strength of God, the rod of God. Moses had the rod of God. With the rod of God, he threw it down, it turned into a serpent and it gobbled up the magician's rods when they turned theirs into serpents. It took away the power of Egypt. With that rod, he struck the Nile, turned it into blood. With that rod, he stretched over the land and brought plagues upon the land. With that rod, he delivered two, two million Israelites from the grip of Pharaoh, it ended 430 years of, of slavery with the rod of God. But it's interesting, in this generation, the leaders who lead with a rod can't, you got to put the rod down in this, driving the sheep. It might, might be easier just to hit the sheep, rah, rah, and scatter the sheep and take them to, to another, another field of, of green pasture. But that's not right now. Right now, it's not the, it's not the, the rod. Right now, it's the staff. The staff is used to pull sheep out of holes, out of trenches, to pull a sheep back from the cliff, to pull a sheep back from the edge, to pull a sheep back from anxiety, depression, from fear, from giving up, from divorce, from throwing the towel in, from this is not, the, 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 it's, it's, it's the nurturing. I, I think that God over the last two decades has been injecting the church with great leadership teaching, great rod teaching. But what has been missing or maybe what has been neglected is the staff. And, and what we're seeing right now is that, that God is making sure that his church, his warriors, his leaders are ambidextrous. 
that they can operate in the rod and in the staff. They can operate in the rod and in the staff. The conversations that we have. And, and you need to understand, I, I have to give you permission to be a little bit naughty because I'm not the best rule follower that there is. I found that if you want to be a pioneer, you've got to violate rules. The reason we have flight is because people violated the rules of gravity. The reason we put somebody on the moon is because we violate rules. And so all advancement comes from, and so having people in your home, I know that there was a 10 person limit, well, we never stuck to that. And then I think they lifted it to a 25 person limit and still that didn't help because we were violating that. And just having people, having gathering people, but we found that the conversation of just being with people, just connecting with people, drew them back from the edge, drew them back from what they're walking through, drew them back from struggle, drew them back. Man does not do well in isolation. Man does not do well in isolation. So let me give you a a few quick thoughts here today as we come to a close, oh dear Jesus, in this first section. The first one is Ephraim. Whenever you see an I am in any of the, the Hebrew words, know that it is a heavenly or a perpetual thing. Whenever you see I am, I am at the end of a Hebrew word, it means that it is um, a plural. It means that it is many. It means that it is ongoing. The word for earth is uh, eratz, aretz, sorry, aretz. Aretz is singular, the earth. But the Bible talks about the heavens, plural. And the word for heavens is shamayim, shamayim, water, Water's below, water's above. The word for water is mayim. And so wherever you see the I am, it means plural. Here is Ephraim. Ephraim means to be fruitful, to be fruitful in a foreign land. But but any Hebrew, any Jew that reads the word Ephraim knows that it's not, oh, I had a fruitful season. Last year, 2019, we had a fruitful year. My business was fruitful. Ephraim says that wherever I go, I will be fruitful. Joseph, Joseph names his two sons, Manasseh, Manasseh and Ephraim. Manasseh means he has caused me to forget all my misery, all my pain, all my betrayals. God has caused, that's a great day when people have thrown you into a pit, betrayed you, told your daddy you were dead, sold you into slavery you're forced to be a slave in a foreign land and you've completely forgotten the cruelty. You've completely forgotten. You can only get to forgetting that when you forgive. The Bible says that God forgives our sins and remembers them no more. Your memory is attached to your forgivery. If you can forgive what people have done, you'll find yourself forgetting. I find that if I'm remembering what people have done, usually it's because I haven't forgiven them for what they've done. And so it's always a good thing. Every time it comes up, I realize forgive. It's a beautiful place where you've forgotten. You've forgotten because you've given it over to God. You've given it over to God. When the brothers come and they stand before Joseph and they, they look at Joseph, they realize it's Joseph, the one we betrayed, the one we Oh, dear God, he's going to kill us. He is the second most powerful man in the land. And they were on their faces groveling, begging for their lives. Joseph breaks down and begins to weep. He says, am I in the place of God? What you did, you meant for evil. But God, guys, God, 
sent me ahead of you so that this day I would be here in the palace, in the kingdom, in the midst of a famine to preserve and to keep our nation and the promises of God alive. Do not be afraid. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to look after your wives and your little ones and all your flocks and all your herds. In fact, I've already picked out the land of Goshen. It's the best land in all of Egypt. I'm going to give that land to you. They did evil to him, but he did good to them. He was a shadow and a type of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ would come and we would yell out, crucify him, crucify him. We would do evil. We would crucify the son of righteousness on the cross. But when we stand before him, he says, he'll say to us, do not be afraid. I'm providing for you, for your wives, for your children, for your little ones. And I'm giving you the very, very best that eternity has to offer. He's a shadow and a type of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that, that Ephraim, Ephraim was, was the second son, Manasseh, forgiving, forgetting, but Ephraim, fruitful in a, in, a, in a foreign land. Joseph is in a foreign land and he's fruitful. It says this, it says, Gilead is mine, Manasseh too. Ephraim is my helmet, which will produce my warriors. So just in the last few moments of, of this session, let me just say this, you must put the helmet, you, you, you've got to put into your thinking that you can be fruitful in a foreign land that I will be fruitful in a foreign land. When we came to San Diego, when we came to San Diego, God brought us to San Diego and the narrative was, nobody knows you here, you're going to fail. The narrative was, you're the wrong fit. There, there is no big spirit-filled church in San Diego. If you want to have a shot at having success, if you want to have a shot at having a decent Sunday service crowd, then you need to actually jettison, you need to, to abort, you need to reject, you need to, to leave, depart from your DNA and you need to become seeker friendly. You need to just tone down the Holy Ghost. For goodness sake, don't put women in leadership and for heaven's sake, do not speak about money. So that's where I got my first three series on and so that really helped. The narrative around us was you will not be fruitful in this land. But many, many years earlier in New Zealand, we went through a battle to get our very, very first home. And after we got our first home, it was an incredible victory for us because it was an incredible miracle. I had a beautiful man of God, Pastor Martin Steele, uh, pull me out and he, he prophesied over me and he said, um, he said, God wants you to know that he will give you whatever you believe him for. But the emphasis is on whatever you believe him for. Jesus said to Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, roll away the stone. She says, Lord, Lord, no, no, no. It's been four days. By now there is a great stench. If you roll away the stone, she's saying, the decaying stench of a decomposing human body will come out of that tomb. And Jesus turns and says, Martha, did I not say to you that if you would believe you would see the glory of God. Roll away the stone. So she, they roll away the stone. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. Instead of the stench of a decomposing dead man coming out, a man who once was dead, who'd been dead for four days, came out alive. Heart beating, lungs breathing came out. Jesus was teaching Martha that you will see what you believe. 
you will see what you believe. When we came to San Diego, there was all kinds of narratives fighting. You were created to believe. We've been preaching this, and I want to just underscore it again, that God is a promise-making God who wants to partner with a promise-believing people. I'll say that again. God is a promise-making God that wants to work in tandem, that wants to partner with a promise-believing people. A Jesse and Kat Sullivan can leave everything they have in Virginia, come and move here, relocate here. They don't know how long their orders are going to be in San Diego, but they come to San Diego and, and they, they, they get into church. They buy a home in Rancho Penasquitas, a, a beautiful little three-bedroom condo, but then the market crashes and they're upside down. And, and they've just got to, got to walk away and lick their wounds and count their losses and, and, uh, and they were burned. But what I love about Jesse and Kat is they chose to believe God that one day they believe God. Today they live in a stunning cul-de-sac street, just uh, maybe three or four doors down is the most beautiful park. It's got a swimming pool and pickleball courts and, and uh, you know, like a club and everything. This beautiful four-bedroom, two-story home in a stunning area. How, how, how does that happen? Because they see what they believe. They, 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 they refuse to let disappointment. They refuse to let negativity. They refuse to even let the, the naysayers and the voices around them say, well, do you know how expensive homes are in San Diego? Why don't you buy back in Virginia? Why don't you buy in Texas? Why don't you buy over here in Boise, Idaho? Why don't you buy? But no, they chose. No, no, we're going to buy right here. The same God, the same God, the same God that gave Israel All of that land is the same God that can give us a home right here. You will see what you believe. You will see what you believe. Jesus says, whoever believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. You will see eternity. You will see your sins forgiven. You will see every chain broken, every shackle loose from your life if you would just believe. I want to pray for people right now. If you're watching this and maybe you're away from God, come back to God. Listen, friend, you don't get to heaven by the things that you do. You get to heaven by what you believe. Jesus hung on a cross. Do you believe that on that cross, he took your sin and he made an exchange? He gave you and I his perfection and righteousness so you and I can stand before God absolutely perfect, absolutely clean, knowing we didn't earn this. The man on the cross took my sin, my judgment upon himself, And he gave me his righteousness. If you believe that, you have everlasting life. I want you to go onto our our, uh, website, awakenchurch.com forward slash Jesus. Click on that. Follow the links. We want to help you not just get born again, but find out this incredible, extraordinary life of faith where you can literally unlock the miraculous. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.